Hello, I'm Stephen from Class for Kids, and I'm here today with my colleague and partner in crime, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Stephen. How are you today? I'm very good. I'm very excited because we are recording the first ever Class for Kids podcast. That's right, and we hope to provide all of our listeners out there with some edutainment. <sighs> Stephen's asked me to ask what edutainment means. You're not means. meant to tell them that. Asked you to ask. Okay, right. Well, edutainment. Let me explain it to you. Education and entertainment. Push them together into one word, and you've got. I'm guessing edutainment. You would be right. Edutainment. And we're also going to be sharing some of our top tips. We're going to be interviewing some of our current customers to hear about their own experience and providing listeners out there with an insight into what it's like at Class for Kids. Welcome to the Class for Kids podcast. I'm here today with Louise McHenry from Dance Inc. Studios. How are you doing, Louise? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. You are the first guest we are having on our podcast. How do you feel about that? Wow, I feel privileged. I'm definitely going to get off to a good start, hopefully. We were actually out visiting you guys a few weeks ago doing a bit of filming, weren't we? Yeah, that was great. We had a great time. The kids all loved it. I've got a lot of footage of all the dancers, but I get two, two of the boys in the class. Oh, they could they could move. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The worm? The worm. And they love doing the helicopter move where they spin their legs around. Oh, right, The yeah. boys, yeah. They just love learning Is skills. it all the breakdancing for them type of yeah. thing? Yeah, all, all floor work. If they can, like, run about mad, then they're happy. I know how they feel. So t- tell us a little bit about your dance school and just, like, the background behind yourself and dance, um, if you don't mind. So I opened my first studio in 2010, so 11 years ago now, and this was after I got my degree in dance, travelled the world, came home and decided that I wanted my own studio. So we set up Dancing Studios, and since then we've just grown it and grown a team, and it's no longer just myself. We have a, a lovely team of teachers who helped me grow the school. When you were travelling, did you do any dance lessons or anything anybody else? Because you'd done your degree, is that right? Yeah, there is such a thing as a dance degree. Tell us a little bit about a dance degree. Yeah, people never believe me, but... yeah, so I'm struggling myself. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I studied um, dance at college initially and got my HND and then went on to um, gain my degree. So it's a further year's qualification. Went to Edinburgh for a year and, yeah, there is such a thing and is that it's, it's purely about dance it's not about the business aspects around dance at all no it's more choreography based and just dance in the community right so there's a, there's a lot of teaching skills there and performance and um, but not business as such okay but yeah you still have to do a full dissertation and all the things you need to do to get well, any other don't degree don't worry I'm, 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 to... I'm not googling it right now but I will later I did have to convince my partner, he was like, you cannot get a dance degree, but yeah, it is a thing. And then I think after just studying for all that time, I just needed a break, so it wasn't travelling with dance at all, it was just a break from learning. So, with Dance Inc, how how do you think it stands out above other dance schools? Yeah, well, for us, um, our focus, we're a non-competitive dance school, and I know there's a lot of amazing competitive skills out there but it just wasn't it didn't fit with our ethos which is to give the kids like fun confidence building classes where a a really shy kid can come into our classes and leave feeling really good about themselves and confident and they don't feel like they're left to the back of the room and they're not learning you know We, we, we really make an effort to bring children to the front of the class and make sure they're all getting a good experience so that's really important to us and 
I think that makes us unique because we really focus on that and focus on the customer service side as well as just providing like great dance classes, you know. So Caitlin, the head of your dance department, um, was very, very inclusive and made sure that all the kids were um, getting the kind of time to shine in front of the camera and stuff like that. They, they, all, they all seem super happy. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really important for us because there's nothing worse, especially as a mum. I don't like the idea of my kid going to a club and being left out. The business side of things... Where did that come from from you? How, how important is it to you to have a business mindset? When I was younger, I, I used to start businesses when I was like 10 and upwards. So as well as going to dance classes every week since I was like age seven, from the age of 10, I started uh, my own business called The Handy Helpers, where I got my sister, who at the time, this is a true story, worked in an office. So I got her to make me flyers with my mum and dad's telephone number on it, like actual house telephone. There was no mobiles at the time. And people used to call me to go and walk their dogs, clean their house. Wait, wait, wait. This, the, 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 it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to make a little stall outside my house. This, the flyers went out into circulation and you got work. Yes. I was 10 years of age. Wow. People used to phone my mum and dad's house and I'd be like, hello, Louise, handy helpers, how can I help you? Did you did you forewarn them before they started getting the calls? I don't even think so. I just... Or were they like, hello? No, I'm not sure. And you're like, oh, give me up. Honestly, I just had a mind of my own. So I just, I went to my older sister because I knew she could get me the, the printouts and I was just like, so I started, I was always very into just like business things. Entrepreneur. And then, yeah. And then we used to, um, my dad used to get me old jeans and I would cut them into denim skirts and bleach them and then sell them to my friends like so I was always I was always doing things you know and yeah. we would do like little dance classes in our street and charge kids like 50 pence and oh so we you actually done dance classes yeah. and charged for it in our street and we had a tuck shop there and we used to honestly that, like this is amazing and you were what 10 well from the age of 10 upwards upwards yeah. right and then it just got bigger yeah and bigger and bigger <laughs> And snowballed into dancing. Pretty much. Right, that is a really amazing. Sir. Yes, that's not the answer I expected. In terms of dancing, you no longer teach. The well, my role, I guess, is the just the owner director. How hard was it to make the change from being a teacher and actually having? I mean, this is your baby, yeah. um, and to taking a step back and allowing others to teach and for you to take over the the more business side of things. Yeah, it was definitely difficult. It was probably in about the third year of business. Um, I just started to get too much. I was so busy teaching all the classes, working seven days a week. Obviously, this was pre-children um, and I could do that sort of thing. And then I realised, wow, it's too much. We can't grow if I keep doing all this because I, I just couldn't. I was like a one-man band and it was just too much. And then I used to have a business coach at the time who sort of encouraged me to bring help in and it was difficult at first but then the longer it went on it got easier and I would be like oh I can have a Saturday off great right and then it was just getting easier to step back so although it was my baby I was getting better at like yeah. handing over letting it letting yeah. it go out into but, the street and yeah. then walking across the street yeah. and then yeah, yeah. but it's still always steps. in my mind but I could let it go are you always present in the business at the moment in terms of the actual location and the studio or do you not even need to be there most of the time no so I don't need to be there right um I, I go there as and when I can but obviously at the moment with having a young baby and a toddler it's difficult to like schedule myself in as such so Caitlin who's the head of the dance department her and I we, we do speak most days to be honest but she does run the, the sort of school and we help we work together for events and I usually just work remotely to be honest and go in as and when I need to 
Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great. It's very flexible, which works for me again to be at home with my family. That's what you've attained from having such an entrepreneurial experience here. I think that having taken that step back, I mean, that's such an amazing and unique position to be in. Twenty six, I was when I started to. Cause I'm thirty four now, so that's when I started to step back and realise like the importance of that to grow the business. And I think at the time, dance schools, it wasn't really the norm then. Right. Okay. It was like you're the school owner, so you are the teacher and you're there every day so it wasn't so much the norm to like you be the owner but step back but still have dance it was more of a one-man show then yeah yeah yeah, I would say certainly eight years ago and now it's progressed I think a lot more people are starting to take on a team and realizing that they don't have to do it all themselves well that leads quite well into the next question and it's about your ambitions for the business and for say the next three years of the business where do you see dancing um, in, in three years so we've got two locations at the moment. We would like to expand into a third location um, and continue to just provide like an amazing service for the kids that do come to the studio and um, just keep offering them exciting opportunities. So like when we opened our second location, we had Ashley Banjo from Diversity. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Um, so we, we had him come up um, from England to open our studio and we always do exciting things and try and bring celebrities in and have fun dance workshops and just offer like exciting opportunities for the kids that they wouldn't otherwise be given so we want to just continue to do that and keep offering like unique ways of interacting with our students and families that's great it seems like there's a real culture there as well i remember when we came out to see you you talked about the end of your shows was it at the armadillo yeah and the clyde auditorium so it seats like two thousand. that's amazing people in the audience so that's not that's not something that every dance no 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 it's a big um it's a big step but we we started going in there like seven years ago right so i feel because we've gone that big now we we can't go back the way so i think the next step from there is like the hydro how many does that seat like what Uh, i think it's twenty thousand. that's good (laughs) that's ambitious that's that's like the next step for us since we've gone so big so early on and but yeah the kids love the experience again even shy kids if we can get them up on that stage smiling then we've done our job no that's brilliant i mean it is it's such it's such a like you say yeah you need it needs to be something bigger than that next time and then yeah. after the hydro Wembley, I don't know where we go. <laughs> yeah. maybe somewhere down london yeah we've got to keep thinking big yep no so you should it's amazing you also have an online community in the dance business lounge and i was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that yeah so i set up the dance business lounge in january this year just during the the most recent lockdown that we had i just felt that there was a need for it within the dance community there was a lot of teachers that were struggling they were feeling really lonely you know with the lockdowns and not sure where to take their business so we set that up on the first of january and we've just since then grown the community it's just for dance and theater school owners only so no teachers in there no self-employed teachers that's really interesting that's good so it's purely just for owners so it means that we can all support each other and help through like different stages in the business and it's been great during the lockdowns so again I was able to do that because I've taken a step back from my own business so it frees up the time to be able to help you know other business owners. That also speaks to I think your entrepreneurial spirit and that it's kind of you're giving something back to that community as well by the sounds of it Um, and because obviously there's a lot of groups that we're involved in but to just speak to and to create a community around the owners and the people that run the businesses, that there must be um, 
valuable information passed between you all. Yeah, absolutely. I think it can be quite a lonely place to be a business owner, especially if if you are a one-man band, which a lot of these teachers are yeah. or were, certainly. Um, so it gave them a like feeling of togetherness. You know, we were all going through it. They weren't the only ones that were suffering with their class numbers dropping, for example, and losing, like, really amazing students during the lockdowns because they were losing interest on the Zoom lessons and we were all sharing the same experiences. So, yeah, just being able to share that with people that are going through the same is really beneficial. So, and I've been offering some free workshops within the group as well just to help with, you know, things that maybe I've struggled with in the past that... I can pass on my knowledge really with them. Louise, thanks so much for being our first guest on the Class for Kids podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. No, it's been great. Have you anything that you want to plug at the moment? Um, Just the floor is yours. On you go. Yeah, well, if you want to follow our Dance Skills Progress, we are Dancing Studios. We're on Facebook and Instagram mainly. Or you can join the Dance Business Lounge on Facebook if you're a dance or theatre school owner. There you go. You heard it here first. Thanks again, Louise. Thank you. That was great having Louise in from Dancing. Yeah, it was great to hear her story. Yep, she was actually the very first ever customer we've had in this new office. Did you know that? I didn't. And we got her to sign a t-shirt because we took one of the t-shirts from her dance classes and it's now going to be put on the wall. The Hall of Fame. And I think there's sort of three things that I took away from Louise's interview that I want to share with the listeners. So the first thing is that you don't always have to follow the norm. Traditionally, Louise said that you had to be there seven days a week running the business and teaching, but actually that's not always the case. If you want to progress your business, you know, you need to take a step back. And I think that's really important. The second thing that she said was actually take time to develop yourself. So, you know, when you're wanting to grow your business, you need to take that time away and think about how you can push yourself. You know, learn a new skill and do something that you've always wanted to do. Look for new opportunities and think about how you can progress yourself as a person. And the last thing that she mentioned is that it's really important to have a business mindset. So how do you get a business mindset? Are you looking outside the box? Are you pushing yourself to grow? Are you always striving for more? So Louise is able to take a step back from the business because she's got a head of dance and she's able to take care of the day-to-day and she mentioned that she's always in contact with her but she's also using the Class for Kids system which allows her to be worry-free in how she takes booking and payments because the system takes care of that for her. So for listeners out there, those are the three takeaways. So a quick recap for listeners, if you want to think about how to grow your business or push yourself, don't always follow the norm. Take time to develop yourself and have a business mindset. So now we're going to go to a section of the podcast where we answer some questions sent in by our clubs. I know, it's very exciting. It's our first question. Oh, and what is this first question? This listener would like to know how they go about getting more reviews for their club. Ah, how do people get reviews? I would assume you just stand outside the classes with a kind of placard board saying, review me. Mm, That could be one way, but what do we all do? If you were looking to buy a new product or service, what's one of the first things you would do? Ask my wife. No, second. Well, no, okay, second. What's the second thing you'd do? Ask my friend Chris. No. Am I doing this all wrong? Yes, you are. If you were looking to buy a new microphone, what would you do? Um, go to curries.com. Okay, and you would click on the microphone, and then what would you do? Oh, I would read the reviews! Yeah, and why would you read the reviews? Because I would want to make sure that the product I'm going to buy meets the standard of everybody else that's bought it before I buy it myself. Exactly. Customer reviews should never be underestimated because that's exactly what we do. We go and look at what other people think of them before we purchase. Yeah, I suppose working in digital marketing now, we forget about how powerful word of mouth still is. Yeah, it's a really powerful tool and, you know, 
it doesn't just translate to us talking about things. It's online now. It's e-word of mouth. It's reviews on Facebook. It's reviews on Google My Business and hearing about what other people are chatting, particularly in parent networks. Don't even suppose it matters what stage they're at in the business. To get them established is something that they want to be doing regularly from the start. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any company out there, you know, whether you're a kids activity business or you're Apple, you're not going to want to stop getting reviews. You're always going to want to get them in no matter what stage you're at in your business, because what customers think of you ultimately is one of the most important things. And reviews can help you shape whatever the next iteration of your business in the next direction will be just to help you continually improve. Yeah. So, and, and there is, there's lots to consider about when you get to reviews, you know, how, how do you go about getting them? Where do you want the reviews to be shown and what's going to benefit you most? So I think when it comes to asking the question of how to get reviews, you need to answer where you're going to want them to go and how you actually get them physically. You could start by just speaking to parents at the end of the classes and asking them what their opinion was on that class. Exactly. And I think when you want to get reviews from your customers, you know, give them a chance to settle into your classes. Don't just do it on the first class. Let them experience it for at least two or three and then ask them and tell them simply how they can review it. And when it comes to actually telling them, send them an email, give them the link where you want them to send the review, make it that easy that it's going to take them literally five seconds. How could you encourage more reviews if you were looking to showcase your classes and your product? How would you how would you go about doing that, smarty pants? Well, I would start by thinking, where are my customers actually booking? So a lot of times when we speak to activity clubs, we hear that a lot of their bookings come from their website or their Facebook page. So do you have reviews actively on either of those channels? So you want to be making sure that where your customers are booking, they can see what other people are thinking of your class. So covering all, all bases on social, just making sure that your reviews are plastered everywhere that you have any kind of outlet to the customer. Yeah, so whether that's the reviews tab on Facebook, Google My Business, whether you're actively sharing customer testimonials or reviews on your social channels, making sure that they're accessible on your website so that wherever your customers come to see something about you, there's a review there. This is all very helpful and it's shocking to me how well learned you are in this and it's showing me that you maybe do know what you're doing for your job, Rebecca. Well, I like to think sometimes there's an element of me that knows what I'm doing. No, you've lost it now. That was just for a wee minute there. So there we have it. The first ever Class for Kids podcast finished. Done, dusted, book shut on it. Amazing. Really thought it went brilliantly. I hope that you guys out there all appreciate it. And it's time for us to get a cup of tea and put our feet up. I think so. And it's time to get back to doing some real work. Thanks everyone for taking the time to listen. We hope that you tune in again soon. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Bye. Bye. Class for Kids podcast was produced by Stephen Young and Rebecca Forsyth. To find out more about getting reviews, business growth and much more, head over to the Class for Kids Instagram by searching at Class for Kids.